What is up, everybody? Happy Friday. You are tuned in to the non-corporate network. You're watching Entrepreneurs. Does that logo look familiar? You guys see it up there? This is a combination of CNBC, ESPN, with a little sprinkle of something special from uh, myself and uh, uh, Dustin over here. Um, do you, uh, you want to tell me about the format a little bit? Yeah, so basically, entrepreneurs, we look at the the top six trending uh, business headlines and uh, just debate them for three minutes. Um, my perspective is usually a little bit more clear, um, a little little better usually, but uh, I mean. See, we're going to have to get a poll up there, Colton, because <laughs> I, I, I uh, strongly disagree with that, as I do with many of your opinions, Dustin. So, uh, yeah, but with that being said, uh, I, I'm about ready to dive into our first story here. Uh, we're looking at Facebook. They've launched a new feature to shrink your footprint from a data perspective. Essentially, what they're allowing you to do now is to mass and bulk delete stuff from years ago. Uh, you know, this trend of digging up past social posts is something that uh, has is given a lot of backlash. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because the only way to go back to your, to delete your post from 2001 is to <laughs> go and scroll all the way back. So what do you think about being able to mass delete uh, the, the data? Is that something that's positive? Is that a good step in the right direction? I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it goes back to think before you speak or think before you post, like, are you going to want people to see that 10 years from now? I mean, Facebook makes its money based off of you posting. And the more posts there are, it gives people a way to consume content, which then advertisers come in. So, I mean, it's a huge play in their revenue. And and to me, it's like you signed up, you, you check the user agreement saying you agree with their policy. Once you post, it becomes their content. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, it's cool for the the human rights, I guess, side of it. But I mean, they're a business. They got to still make money somehow. So if more and more people are deleting, they have less content. So you're going to have less consumption. I think I think they should just keep it how it was. You know, I'm, I'm for the people here as per usual. Hmm. Uh, and so I look at this and I think a couple of things. One, just so I can familiarize you guys, Facebook employs contract workers to review content and decide if it is deemed worthy to be posted on Facebook. Generally, if you're posting something normal, it's not going to be flagged, but there are thousands of people employed by Facebook that are literally combing through content and deciding if this is something that should be allowed to be posted. So I think we're already infringing on First Amendment rights. Uh, as you mentioned, being able to delete stuff doesn't necessarily mean it's deleted from the platform. It just means it's deleted from you being able to see it. Um, so, I mean, I think there's still a lot of work to go. Obviously, Facebook's trying to do things to make people seem feel more at ease as, in terms of the data privacy conversation. I mean, they still got a lot of work to do after <laughs> the Cambridge Analytica thing. So um, I think that at least they're showing that they care about that side of the conversation mm -hmm. and they're trying to make adjustments. But um, it's tricky because, you know, the governing body of Facebook is owned by Facebook. And so the policies that Facebook stands for are the things that they're going to police when it comes to the content posting. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it might be one of those things where, as you mentioned, they've been, they've had a lot of negative publicity when it comes to data and how they, yeah. they hold people's data. So, I mean, it's probably one of those things where it sounds good 
but 99.9% of people are probably not even going to take action. That's I mean, true. it's, it takes time out of their day. It's like, ah, oh, I, I want to be able to delete it. Okay, here you go. I got too busy. I don't delete it. So it's probably more of a PR thing and they know that people aren't going to take the sure. time to actually delete it. It just sure. makes them feel good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then the stock price goes up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, moving on to our next story, uh, Instagram. So staying in the Facebook world, Instagram uh, is uh, been receiving some backlash about uh, having 10,000 followers in order to be able to post a swipe up. Uh, there's a lot of people that are up in arms about, you know, especially with the virality of the Black Lives Matters movement and, you know, the good things that have come from being able to share those links. Uh, people are pushing to say, hey, Everybody that a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people that have 10,000 followers, most of those followers are fake and they get to do this, but I don't. And I follow the rules. I mean, I get that kind of ethos, but what are your thoughts? Should we let everybody have swipe up or is it something that should still be um, a premium feature? I, I mean, I think it should be a premium feature. I mean, there's always the, if you're going to do in the story, just type out link in bio. Boom. I mean, that, that's how easy it is. I mean, I think, uh, granted, as you mentioned, a lot of the, the followers that come with that 10K are probably bots or fake, whatever it may be. There's still a lot of people that are pumping out content to get to that 10K. I think it's a smart move to try and incentivize content creators to keep producing because they want to get to that 10K to have the swipe up feature. So as people are producing more, it puts more content on their platform which then it gives people more content to look at so then you have just time on on the app go up quite a bit um i i, I mean that that basically plays into how they make money the more content there is similar to facebook i mean facebook owns lincoln instagram lincoln bio doesn't work dustin <laughs> We all know that. Lincoln bio doesn't work. You swipe up. It's a native thing into your website. You're staying inside the app. It increases the usage. I agree. But I think that it's going to promote more usage if you're giving people the ability to swipe up. I'm not going to go to somebody's page because they put Lincoln bio in the comments. I think that's almost gimmicky. So, I, I mean, I hear you on incentivizing uh, content creators. But uh, I believe that just seeing the kind of raw virality and positives that have come from being able to share that, if you don't have 10,000 followers, you can still do a swipe up to IGTV if you link it. So it's not like they're stopping you from doing any kind of swipe up. It's specifically to... Um, websites. There so you go. Let the people be heard, Dustin. Give your two cents on what the article is. Come out with an IGTV and boom, you got the swipe up. Like, why, why do you need the swipe up if, uh, you know, quit being lazy? But give your two cents. Don't say, oh, look at this cool story that's, that's probably going to be fake news anyway. So, like, why not give your two cents and post an IGTV? I think, I, I don't know. I, it's, I mean, to me, it's like, I don't like paying as much for groceries at Walmart. So I say, let's, let's lower the price. I mean, it's, yeah. They got to they got to run a business and and these little things like I said help incentivize people to actually use the if platform. If they're gonna more. be TikTok, they got to do things that are better <laughs> than TikTok. And if everybody has been sitting there going, oh, it's been five years on Instagram and I'm still at nine thousand five hundred and forty six followers away from ten k, I'm never gonna get there. That's not going to necessarily promote them to want to continue to post anyway. You know. Uh -huh work harder to get more followers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Uh, moving into our triple P story. So uh, we've talked a lot about the uh, payment protection program and the small business loans that uh, were issued over the last few months. Um, and, you know, a lot of small business owners are up in arms because it seemed like they were kind of being sold something that uh, was too good to be true. 
after receiving the loans on an average of $72,000 per loan, over 2 million loans issued, small business owners realized that only about 75% or 25% of the loan could be used on things outside of payroll. And they only had a very finite amount of time to be able to use that money. And so it almost seemed like a wash that, okay, I can't pay my mortgage or I can't pay my rent. And I can, I can only pay employees for six weeks or whatever. I think it was eight weeks um, that they had to use it. And so uh, they've actually loosened the reins a little bit. They've moved from an eight-week pay period to a 24-week period. And they've actually decreased the amount that has to go to payroll from 75% of the loan down to 60% of the loan. Um, what do you think about these changes and kind of loosening of, uh, of the rope on this? No, I, I, it's a good thing. I mean, the, you know, I, I don't know what the, the treasuries look like in terms of how far we're extended or over leveraged or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if you reduce that, then obviously so. it's less coming into the government, which right. I mean, debt could obviously be a problem, but I think lowering it that 15% isn't going to make us default or anything like that. Right. Plus it gives businesses more spending money to then put into marketing vehicle, whatever it is, but it, it, it creates purchasing. Yeah. And whenever you have that, other companies now manufacturing kicks in. I mean, it just stimulates the economy, the which then, exactly. I mean, a 15% reduction in tax revenues for the, the government, that 15% can be spent, which then creates an additional 30% yeah. of tax revenue. Like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. like, let's forego the, the revenue now so that spending can happen. Right. And then as purchases happen, you're taxed on those purchases. Right. So it gets made yeah. up. And I think it's yeah. better to, to give the people the power to spend. Well, it's all tied together. I think that's the one thing that we think about is we're siloing these small business loans separate from other things. Property taxes is what pays our police force, our firefighters, uh, our educators, and that property taxes comes from rent. Mm -hmm. And if commercial businesses that have commercial real estate cannot pay their rent and they're using these small business loans only for payroll, yeah, you're saving your your workforce in terms of the payroll side of things. Um, but again, you know, there's a, a very short window you can be paying those uh, that payroll out. So you have to be carrying quite a bit of payroll if you're talking about paying out $72,000 of it in eight weeks. And yeah. so um, I think that, yeah, that's the thing we don't realize is that if you want to keep our government officials paid, you got to have them, pay, you got to have these businesses pay the rent. So I think that dropping that cost to 60%, giving them some more room yep. for other expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think overall it's, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. So on to our next story, Sweet. Elon Musk, he is calling the government to break up Amazon. Mm -hmm. The reason for it is he came out with a, a book that he thinks is really sweet. Um, that's all about cr uh, the coronavirus and Amazon disapproved the book from uh, <laughs> actually being released. And so he got uh, really upset, tweeted um, at Jeff Bezos and Amazon saying, we need to call on the government to, yeah. to break stuff. So do you think, there's a couple questions. One, do you think they should be broken up? Two, do you think this is just Elon being a big old baby yeah. and he needs to, I mean, he got a big win. He got yeah. SpaceX up onto, uh, up in space. I mean. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I want to be a fly in the wall for a conversation between <laughs> Jeff Bezos and, and Elon Musk. For those of you that don't know, uh, Amazon has a pretty sufficient uh, wing of their business dedicated to space travel, uh, much like SpaceX. So it's funny they're competing in a couple of different spaces right now. No pun intended. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the, the breakup of Amazon, like 
The thing we don't realize is that they've got a streaming service that's its own company that's as almost as big as Netflix. They've got they've got AWS, which literally hosts 30 plus percent of websites total online. And then they've got the largest e-commerce giant, bigger than Amazon or bigger than Walmart, bigger than eBay, bigger than all of them by a lot. So it's like th just those three businesses alone could all be spun out like Amazon Prime itself. They've created this subscription that's like you've now subscribed to four separate businesses. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think they do need to be broken up. I mean, you know, it's a it's not like they're not going to be any more or any less profitable. But I, I just look at it as something where, you know, we we we've gone so far to let the rich keep getting richer, let these corporations keep taking money. And we've got unemployment rates so high, like. I don't know. Maybe just tax them more, but something yeah. needs to be done different. It's America, baby. That's what it's all about. Started in a garage, and it's now, all, yeah. now you, it's all about you, greed and making businesses <laughs> that are big, bigger. And on to our next story. Jim Cramer uh, has mentioned that right now we're going through is one of the greatest wealth transfers in uh, the history of the world. And what that means is with the pandemic going on, job loss, all that type of stuff, small business is really just falling by the wayside where big business is getting even bigger. I mean, similar to what we just talked about with Amazon. Um, I mean, small business just, just doesn't have the revenue, the, the dollars, the resources to keep going. And so people are still going to shop. So now Basically, what, what might happen is after this, we might have two stores to shop at, five restaurants to go to that are all just national, uh, worldwide brands. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on? I mean, it, it's it, in terms of what this does for small business, it, it's hard. You know, there's uh, in April, I think we talked about this, 40,000 businesses uh, surveyed. 30% of them said, I don't think I'm going to be able to open my store back up. I'm not going to be able to open my business back up. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we see it happening. I think that, you know, it, it's tough and I'm not going to get all political here, but I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, helping the corporations at the expense of people. Um, we shouldn't be bailing out corporations at the expense of small business. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, there needs to be a change because this is America. This is what we were founded on was capitalism and uh, giving people an opportunity. And when uh, when the barrier to entry is too high to start a business, then I think that we uh, have lost our um, our I don't know like DNA as yeah. America. You know. Yeah, I think there's something to be said. I mean, like we mentioned with Amazon not paying any taxes is let's cut all these loopholes and maybe incentivize new business creation where if you're starting a business, I mean, maybe you get 10 grand out of the gate or something like that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of money to go around if you start taxing yeah. what the multi-billions of dollars that some of these corporations have, um, take some of that, that revenue that comes in on taxes and, and incentivize, incentivize new job creation, basically make it to, to where you give David a little more, uh, uh, growth to yeah. compete against Goliath. I think that, uh, you know, one thing that fundamentally I believe needs to happen regardless is that we need to stop making an excuse for the government being so slow about things and the government dragging ass compared to these big companies like Amazon and Apple, Facebook, Google. They drive so much innovation. We sit here and talk about the innovation. Every single story has something to do with one of those companies in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And so, if we can transfer some of the wealth back into the government to create government jobs and to create better efficiencies and a better system, then I believe that that's the best way to catalyze that. 
um, as opposed to trying to pull more tax dollars out of people that are already struggling. I mean, go to the company that is capitalized off of this pandemic and everything, somebody like Amazon. I mean, and I'm sure that maybe they would be willing to try to work more closely with the government to help in some way. Yep. It's a, yeah. Get rid of lobbying. That right there would be huge in terms, I mean, outside of business, just how the world works. It's, it's, it's insane to me that can literally pay someone to pay an official to kind of vote a certain way. Um, but I mean, that's, it's not either here nor there. That's a whole other, other topic, but I think there's a lot that can be done to help the small business. Um, for sure. So onto the last story, a glimpse of, of great news in my opinion. Um, so it was expected that we're supposed to have about 1.8 million job loss in May actually turns out that the U S um, gained 2.5 million. So almost a 4 million swing. Um, obviously, I mean, that that's huge. More people are getting back to work. Things are opening up. People have more spending cash. Um, I, I'm ready for it to keep, keep growing. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, Mr. CNN is sitting next to me over <laughs> here. Um, you know, you can always twist the headlines to make it look positive. Um, I look at this and I say 2.5 million people going back to work, 40 million people went out of work over the last few months. We're hiring back maybe 10% of that workforce. Uh, There's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, these companies, instead of paying that, to me, it's the companies that didn't get the triple P loan and said, go on unemployment until we can find uh, some capacity to bring you back on. And so I, I, I don't look at it as a win as much as I look at it as something that better be happening, especially over the course of the next three months. These numbers need to go up from two and a half million if we're going to recover. I mean, we're not going to recover 40 million jobs, but I mean, even trying to get to recovering 20 million of the 40 million lost jobs. I mean, we still got a lot of work to do with that number at that rate of increase, 2.5 million. It's going to take us almost a year to recover half of the jobs. I mean, that's how... Are we going to be able to last a year with this kind of unemployment? I I personally think that it's not sustainable. So, um, well, let yeah. me remind you that it didn't take us one month to lose forty million. It took us two, three months. And so, although it's not all forty million, we lost. I think it was two million, two point five in that first month when all this happened. So we're kind of hitting back to that trend where first month the job loss kind of matches first first month the job gains. So I mean, if we continue down the trend what we lost should come back in that same amount of time. Granted, I think there's a lot of jobs that are just going to be completely it, vanished, yeah, I was gonna say, but yeah. there, there's also a lot more jobs that are going to be created through innovation and all this. Like, like what we've been mentioning, I mean, LinkedIn just announced that they're doing uh, live stuff. So, I mean, there's a whole, whole industry that might be opening up where there was zero jobs, but now there might be tens of thousands of jobs here in the next 12 months. So yeah. just gonna be a lot of shifting around. I do agree that we're nowhere near back to where we were, but, I'm data driven. I love data. It's all about trends. And even though we're not to where we are or we want to be right now, we've reversed the trend from a negative decline. Now we're actually trending positively. If it takes 12 months, at least we're 12 months back to where we were rather than continuing the downfall. And now we have 100 million jobs lost in the next 12 months. So I'm all about trends. It's it's signaling to be good news. I'm excited to see what continues to happen? Well, the one thing that people don't understand about unemployment is that it's a finite amount of unemployment on a per capita basis. So this isn't something where you can just sit on unemployment for the next 25 years. Um, there's a finite amount of that. And so there's going to be a bubble that bursts just like real estate in 2008, just like uh, you know what we saw over the last three months, where if these people continue to drag out their unemployment, there's going to be some consequences. 
and people not paying their taxes or their property taxes, there are going to be some consequences. So uh, I think that runway is is not very long to get back to that. So yeah. I hope that I hope you are right, Dustin. I hope that hmm. it, it, it's exponential because uh, that's going to be what we need to kind of. And I've even seen talks of new bills being introduced. Where I mean, granted, Democrats, Republicans, Democrats want more. Let's let's extend the unemployment. Let that happen longer. Republicans are saying, hey, let's create stimulus for. Uh, people going back to work. So you might get a $1,200 bonus if you go back to work in the next 30 days, along with incentivizing businesses to hire. So you might get bonuses or, or stimulus if you hire. So they're, they're basically shifting away from let's, let's give out money to help people pay for their things. And now that things are turning around, let's incentivize the hiring. And I think let's you know, shift how we hand out the money that we're printing <laughs> off the press as quick as we can. Yes. That's what we should do. Uh, you know, uh, I digress. I, I think that so much needs to fundamentally change. And, you know, I, I rally around the American people as people that are not going to let us get to a point where, um, where things start to collapse. So, um, yeah, I, uh, for the people out there watching, you know, you, it is in our hands, especially entrepreneurs in the community It is in our hands to make these things happen. So, um, keep grinding just cause, uh, it's Friday. doesn't mean you can get more stuff done, get after it. Um, again, thank you guys for being with us. Uh, you've been tuned into the non-corporate network. This is entrepreneurs. My name's Chaz Vandemotter. Dustin Trout. Thank you for watching today. And uh, I'm going to go do a victory lap because I destroyed Dustin on this, uh, on this episode. I agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> until Monday. Yeah, until Monday. We'll be back at it. Peace out, guys.